Welcome to the Exercises for Everyone podcast, where we talk about all things related to exercise, regardless of having limitations or not. Our guests provide information, insight, and inspiration to get you moving and keep you going. My name is Wendy Kleinke, and I am your host. So let's get started. All right, welcome to the Exercise is for Everyone podcast. Today I have Yog and Julie with us, and she's coming to us from Germany. She's originally from India, and she specializes in yoga, among other things. And Julie, welcome to the podcast. I'm so thrilled that you're joining us today. Um, and I would love for you to tell us a little bit about yourself and how you kind of got started on your journey. Thank you so much, Wendy, for inviting me tonight. Um, well, that's an interesting story. As a child, I was an active child and I used to uh, play a lot, but I was so much more into athletics. I was uh, the captain of my volleyball team. I was uh, uh, doing high jumps. So for on my school level, I was one of the national players. So I grew up uh, with that kind of energy. And uh, so I was always into movement. And uh, once I got married, I was traveling through the world with my husband, who is a very pragmatic, practical kind of uh, person. And while I was growing up, it so happened that my mother took up yoga and she started teaching yoga. And she was one of the uh, teachers, you know, who, who has taught Richard Gears. And so uh, she was in India. She is still very popular. Uh, and she always told me that I must do yoga. And I was like, like, Mama, please leave me alone. That's not my cup of tea. Uh, so every time she traveled to one of those countries where I lived, she would always tell me I should do yoga. And I organized workshops for her. I organized her uh, classes and stuff. Every time she would leave uh, back for home, her students would ask me to continue her classes. And I was like, are you kidding me? That's not my thing. Mm -hmm. I play tennis, I run, I do this, I do that, but yoga, no, no way. And it just so happened that while uh, we were living in Burundi, that's a small country on Tanganyika Sea in East Africa. So during our stay in this country, I had four kids. I had this huge villa looking down at Tang Tanganyika Sea. And, you know, life was really perfect, the princess uh, fairy tale story. And one day it just so happened that uh, in the middle of all this, uh, I get a phone call from my husband who was traveling at that time. And he told me that he found someone else and our marriage was over. And I was like, what? Oh. I had four kids and I was far away from my home country. And I just did not know where life was going to take me. I had no idea. And initially, playing tennis was very helpful because I was so angry. I was so frustrated. So I took all that frustration out on those balls. Mm -hmm. Swimming helped me to channelize a few of my feelings. But you know, when you are in such at the bottom of your life, when you know uh, your house is gone, your marriage is broken you are far away from your family and friends there are so many feelings that come into place and especially i don't know if you can relate to i was hitting 40 at that time and uh, my kids were still small 
And I had like, you know, I had traveled 12 years with him from one country to another. So I did a lot of interesting things, but you know, really making a career or earning my bread was never my priority. And suddenly all that bank balance is gone. Your husband's gone, your house is gone. And you are middle in the middle of nowhere and you don't know what to do. And then the next thing is he left me for another woman. So I was in doubt. I was asking myself, am I not good in bed enough? Uh, should I get my breast enlarged? Should I get my virginity uh, thing back? What do I do? So I was really in the worst place ever. I was angry. I was bitter. I was broken. I was self-doubting. I mean, every negative thing you can think of. I was violent. I was resenting. And I was in horrible pain and I was not able to breathe. So uh, the playing tennis or swimming helped me to some extent, but it was not really able to handle that cocktail of feelings that I had at that time. So initially, I mean, my mother was always telling me to do yoga. So initially I started doing it because I wanted to breathe. I really felt I had this stone sitting on my chest and I was not able to breathe. So that was the time I started connecting with the breath and slowly and gradually I realized that, okay, it's another exercising modality, but it gives channel to more, more of my feelings than just uh, the anger bit or just some parts of it. So I found a way of exercising. I really needed to exercise because I needed to get myself uh, worth feeling back. I wanted to feel good in my feeling. And you would not believe within 10 days, I lost 10 kgs. And my husband who was still around because we still lived in the same household for eight months after that. So he would come to me and he would say, wow, you look so sexy, you know. If people out there knew that we are separated now, they would stand in line here for you. And I was like, yeah, what an asshole, basically. Yeah. But what I to know that eight months later, I uh, came back to Germany. And I just knew one thing that I wanted to work in self-development. I had realized in these eight months that I had something in me which was inspiring women, which was uh, motivating a lot of women, and I had a story to tell. And uh, during this time, a lot of people who would call me to show their solidarity, usual conversations were like first one minute would be, you know, them showing pity or feelings for me and motivating me. But within uh, the first two minutes, the conversation would change to how bad they were feeling, how difficult their health was, or how difficult their financial or family or whatever situation was. And most of these conversations ended in me consoling them. Mm -hmm. That's when I realized, okay, there is something in me that has that leadership quality. And I was so determined to come back to show my ex-husband that he was making a big mistake. So initially, that's how it started. Eight months later, I moved to Germany with my four kids. Mm -hmm. And I had no bank balance. I had no job. I had no idea where life was taking me. I was in major depression. 
but I just had one thing. I knew that I had to make a comeback. I knew that I could not kill myself because I had four kids to take care of. And one fine afternoon, I was sitting in my living room and I had a relatively big sized living room. I have, uh, you know, my mother and her sister, they are two sisters who are married to two brothers. So my okay. father and his brother. So my uncle and my aunt have five kids and we are three siblings and we grew up like a big family of eight siblings. And out of these eight siblings to that point, six of them were yoga teachers. Okay. And not some yoga teacher, they were really people who had been working with Richard Gears and Julia Roberts in Eat, Pray, Love and Deepak Chopra and people like that. So I have this whole family, six siblings and a mother, everyone's telling me do yoga, do yoga. And I had in the meantime also seen that it was helping me uh, to deal with the situation so much better. So I was sitting there and my cousin asked me, he said, you know what, until the time you find a job, until the time you have something better to do, we are starting a training soon, why don't you join us? And I just joined that training and that was absolutely life transforming for me because that gave me the chance to work on my emotional issues, but also my health got better. I could, I could get so much better in shape and that's been now in july it would be nine years that i moved back to germany in the meantime i have my own yoga studio i have trained over a hundred uh, people to become yoga teachers wow. and working in this field so yeah it was a blessing for me very nice so that's amazing so you kind of just fell into it like it was almost sounds like you kind of fought it for a long time and then yeah. it just, you just couldn't anymore and you just yeah, did it that was, absolutely that that was it but what turned out to be really interesting is in those 12 years of my marriage i lived in three different continents in several different different countries and every time my mother or one of my siblings came to visit me i organized yoga teachers uh, uh, sorry, yoga workshops or yoga classes for them. So what I had not realized and up to this point was I had already learned a lot of stuff passively and I had grown up with it anyway. So yoga had been part of my life, fitness and movement had been part of me. And it was just that this shift in my life finally showed me uh, what was what I was meant to do and that's how when I did the training I realized that oh okay I know this I know this and then what was really on the top of it was my personal experience and knowing that I could deal with this form of exercise with this modality not only with my physical stuff but but with everything else in my life so it sorted my finances it sorted my emotions it gave me strength to work with my kids and then change a lot of other lives that everyone who comes to me as a, a student also gets that. So that's the nice thing about it. I love that. You had mentioned um, before we started talking that the movement, like getting through the movements actually really helped you with your spirituality. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? See, the thing is that in yoga, we talk about five levels of every human being. 
So your first level is your physical body. Then comes your energy body. Then comes your wisdom body. And then your spirituality really uh, starts. So um, because you can touch and feel and see the physical body, you can that's something that is really there that you can grasp with your five senses. It is so much easier for you to start with it. And that's what the most famous scriptures say. So the main uh, when we do the yoga postures, the asanas, that's how we call them. The asanas are meant to first connect you with that part of your being. And once you start that, you start coming more in touch with your breath. You feel that connection to yourself. Your senses get more elevated. And suddenly you feel like, oh, I can foresee things. I can, I hear the sounds that are leading me on the right path. So a lot of those things that a normal human being calls a miracle starts happening with you. Mm -hmm. But that's because, you know, 97% uh, of your DNA is something that has not really been explored. So what we do in our day-to-day -day life is just 3% of our DNA information that we actually use. Yeah. Wow. And no matter which a physical modality you are using once you start connecting with your body once you start realizing what is my breath doing when i say this or when i talk about certain things what happens to my breath when i stretch to this side what happens to my breath when i stretch myself up so when you start connecting with that you start tapping into that 97 percent of your energy which is dormant so imagine if you're only using 3% of your total, total resources, that's the uh, miracle you are already. And when you, when you start tapping into that rest of it, and I'm still talking about the physical level, right? Yeah, so yeah. that's what happens when you get into exercise. So let's say, let's talk about a Pilates class or a running or jogging or something, you know, just let's not even talk about yoga. So what's the first thing you realize when you do that? The exercise, the moment you get into exercise, you start noticing your breath. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Your mm -hmm. focus gets better. Your mm -hmm. entire endocrine system starts working differently. Yeah. So that's after a job, you feel suddenly you have these very interesting ideas which turn into something very solid and something very productive. Yeah. Or after a dog, you suddenly feel that you have that energy to, you know, today go out on a date with your husband. So you suddenly automatically have that rush of uh, hormones that are making you feel good. Yeah. yeah. And the moment you realize it, that's the moment when you start thinking that, okay, if this is what the exercise is doing to me, what would the breath work do with me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and once you get there, then you automatically get into those things which you earlier thought that oh, that's that's not scientific. I don't believe in you know people uh, foreseeing things or people uh, intuitively telling you something because you heard something. But you know, we know it. We know it from Steve Jobs. We have heard. Mark Zuckerberg talking about it. A lot of people who are like, you know, in the transformation world, they've mm -hmm. already had 
tapped into that energy. Winston Churchill used to have like, you know, very short naps where he would get the most brilliant ideas. So the, it doesn't matter if you're going to uh, reach a certain destination, whether you take this path or that path or that path, it doesn't really matter. Mm -hmm. Once you get on that path, whether you do it through meditation or you do it through exercise, exercise is also means of meditating. And a lot of people think that when you're doing yoga, you have to do certain postures to get into exercise. But that's not true. Because there's absolutely no single posture worldwide that is not yoga. So the way you are sitting right now or the way I am sitting right now is yoga. The only thing that changes <clears throat> this posture to not being yoga is the moment my awareness is not with my body. The moment I connect with my body, whether I go jogging or I play tennis or I uh, do weight lifts, the moment I am with my awareness, with my body, I'm doing yoga, right? So imagine you are carrying weights, 50 kgs or something. Can you do it yeah. without awareness? Absolutely not. Right. So no matter what you do, you're doing yoga as long as you're concentrating on what you're doing. I love that. I love that. Yeah, and I love how you brought in all of the other different types of activities to kind of really understand that it's really about connecting with your body and connecting with your yeah. breath. And that's kind of how you can get in tune with yourself, like your soul. Is exactly. that what you're Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I lived in uh, Syria for three years and they have this, these Sufi dances there, you know, those dances, they go on swelling mm -hmm. and they can do it for hours and hours together. But that's a body movement, that's an exercise, but it turns into meditation the moment because these people, they really have to be present. You can't close your eyes and swirl around for two hours without you know, dropping down at some point, but you can if you keep the awareness of where you are, what you're doing. So even that, I would consider it yoga. So you talked about how like yoga is, it, it can be meditation as soon as you become aware of your body. So what would be like, how would you define meditation? Like if you were to just put it into a simple definition, like how would you express that? See, the thing is that we, uh, this is a question people ask you very often. Do you do, do you meditate? Do you mm -hmm. do meditation? Mm -hmm. Meditation is not something you do or not do. Meditation is something that happens. You can focus, ah. you can concentrate. And every one of us has moments. Maybe you're just sitting there having a cup of coffee and you're so enjoying that cup of, of coffee that you would have just a split of a second that feeling that you've lost connection with your outside world. That's when meditation happens. So meditation happens when you're connecting with yourself? Yeah. Love yeah. it. Love yeah. it. So meditation is not an activity that you consciously do. In yoga, there's a differentiation between, uh, uh, how do you say, um, uh, moving your senses inwards, mm -hmm. diverting your senses, 
from some place to another place. So that's the first step towards meditation. Yeah. So if I asked you to close your eyes right now and focus behind the closed eyes with both your eyes to the right side and bring your concentration to the sounds that you're receiving from your left ear. If you just do it for a minute or so, you would realize initially you would find it pretty difficult, but very soon you feel a sense of alignment. So that's your first step to meditation. Then we have a few other modalities. We call it dharana, dharana which is more of a concentration. So when you see people fo focusing on the light of a candle, that's the concentration modality. So in yoga, we have different levels of getting there. And then we have the dhyana, which is very close to really the eternal uh, transformation. But right before that, that's when we call it meditation. Okay. So meditation is you can do walk in the nature and there are uh, more and more moments of connection. So you know in uh, england when you go and travel with uh, the metro they say mind the gap so when you're stepping out of the metro they tell you that mind the gap so that you don't fall into that little hole that's in between yeah and meditation is all about minding the gap that the gap that you have from one thought to the next okay when you become aware of that little gap, and the longer you can stretch that gap, that's what is called meditation. Excellent, excellent. So why is meditation important? See, the thing is, um, imagine you're driving somewhere. And I don't know about you, but what very often happens to me, depending upon if I am in a good mood because I had a very interesting yummy tea in the morning and my kids were kind to me, I would be driving by and I would be smiling at everyone who passes by. Mm -hmm. Or I maybe I tripled over something in the morning when I woke up and then maybe one of the kids spilled something or something happened and I'm really in a bad mood. And I drive, then every person who looks at me, I I start telling myself a story. There's some story that starts running in my head. And uh, uh, it, it very often happens, oh, he, you know, he was looking at me. I hope he's not a terrorist. And then from that thought, you go to the next thought and the next thought. And very soon you totally lose track of where you're driving because you're so involved in your inner world. But what most of the people don't realize is that that's costing you energy, right? Every single thought is taking energy and your brain is relatively small to compare to the other organs in your body, but it takes maximum amount of your total physical energy. And you need that energy to survive day to day. So if you had less thoughts, how would your energy be? Right. Higher or lower? Yeah? yeah. So the more your energy increases, it's just like your bank balance, you know? If you have more money on your bank, do you have more possibilities or less possibilities? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah? yeah. And if you have more energy, do you have more possibilities or less possibilities? 
So right. the less you get driven by unconscious thoughts, the more energy you save. And the more you stay in those unconscious thoughts, the more energy is getting depleted by without you really being using it. So that 97% DNA I was talking about, mm -hmm. if you consciously move your thoughts, and that's uh, probably something interesting for your audience to hear. So imagine you are really on the treadmill and you're running and you have for a moment, you have that moment where you are like, you know, feeling centered and aligned. Your brain waves, they go deeper on alpha levels. So normally we are vibrating at the beta level brain waves and that's where your brain is taking a lot of energy but you bring them down to alpha level you become creative because then now this is absolute physics that every moment your brain uh, your uh, senses they have the capacity to uh, take about 800 billion bits of information per second yeah, yeah. but you consciously consciously your machinery is only able to process 800 bytes of that information. So do you see the difference? 800 billion bits to mm -hmm. 800 bytes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. My phone has 32 gigabyte. So it's like, imagine 800 billion bytes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so um, now the thing is that uh, since you only you know get this much of your vision per second mm -hmm. you only get to see what your brain is processing at that moment so i only see red color if i'm thinking about the red color but right. when i slow down my brain waves it starts showing me the things that i really want to see so if i want to have financial freedom if i want to have meet people like you who would probably enhance my business possibilities then my brain connects me to those people. So mm -hmm. otherwise, normally, if I'm scrolling down the Facebook, I would see a post from you and I wouldn't even notice and I would sc scroll further. But if I'm in my alpha state, I would pick up every bit of information that is important to my subconscious and my desires in my life. I love that. I love that so much. So what I'm hearing from you is that when you exercise and you move, you actually slow down your thought process by engaging activity. You slow down your brain waves. What would you like? I often hear people say, I don't have energy to exercise. And it's probably because they're thinking all the time. So Again, I'll come back to the example of money. Money. You have yeah, let's let's imagine you have ten dollars. Yeah, okay. mm -hmm. so you can use those ten dollars and invest them in some kind of uh, market where you every month earn an interest of I don't know three dollars. So mm -hmm. within no time, those ten dollars would turn into three hundred dollars. Yeah, mm -hmm. or you use those ten dollars for I don't know your random grocery shopping or whatever. What happens in three months? You have nothing, mm -hmm. yeah. So you have your exercise energy is that investment you are making a wise investment. I love that analogy. I'm so going to use that because 
That's so good. And it really is. It really is true. Like it's hard at first, you know, just like with, yeah. with saving money or investing, but it's hard at first. But once you get doing it, yeah. you know what, you have like an abundance of energy and it's not yeah. about trying to get going um, because it's just, I mean, it's, it's like fuel. That's amazing. I love that analogy. That's, that's incredible. What else would you want to share with us today? You've given me all this good stuff. Like, I just want to like, I just want to like, like follow you and like talk to you all day long. <laughs> but that's exactly what I'm talking about, Wendy. Because you are exercising, right? Because you're so much into uh, that movement already that your entire endocrine system is producing hormones that are keeping you active to the information that is relevant to you. So my being here on your podcast right now is absolutely not a coincidence. It's a serendipity, mm -hmm. yeah? Because you have been calling for this information and because you have been so often in your beta waves, sorry, uh, yeah, in your alpha waves, I mean, mm -hmm. that you have called for it. Mm -hmm. So what I'm saying is not because I want to say this, but because you have asked for it. I love it. I love this so much. This is amazing. I'm so happy to connect with you. This is so good. So Pleasure is all mine. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. Tell, yeah, go ahead. Tell me whatever you would like to share with me. I am all ears. We are listening to everything you've got. So I think like, <laughs> share about where we can find you or um, any other stories you have for us. As oh, I, I can go on talking the whole day. So uh, <laughs> yesterday I was, I was actually doing an online seminar and I was listening to how you, how do you become a speaker and see, this is what, how it happened so quickly, you know? So when you, uh, and I am, I am a coach, I, I do life balance coaching and I have a system where I work on your old beliefs and old patterns that you have in your life. And this mm -hmm. system is, I, I do it with NLP hypnosis, but I also do a lot of movement. Every single movement, whether you can just put your fingers like this, that's, you know, uh, sorry, um, this camera is sometimes confusing. <laughs> so, you know, when you are connecting your tip of your thumb and your index finger, this is an energy channel getting connected in your brain waves, yeah? Mm -hmm. So a simple movement, when you simply do this, it already becomes an exercise because it's working on the areas in your brain where it is for your wisdom and intelligence for your memory, right? Mm -hmm. So this simple exercise already becomes a tool for you to enhance your energies, yeah? Mm -hmm. And there are so many different such, we call them mudras in uh, mm -hmm. uh, in the yogic language. And the translation for mudra could be currency. So coming back to energy, it could be just a dancing posture, but it has a lot of other uh, translations. One of them being the official stamp of a king. Yeah. Wow. So, you know, so, and mudras are not just your hand connections. You can make them with your tongue. You can make them with your body. And the mm -hmm. more you become aware of it, so you can do it while you're exercising. So when I'm running, I would put my fingertips on this area and I would make a fist like this. 
because this area has the connections to your vital organs okay yeah so live, your liver your kidneys your spleen your uh, uh, pancreas these are the areas who have that so when you're running you're mm -hmm. already stimulating the nerve points for your vital organs interesting yeah. your thumb is the area for lungs so if you make a fist like this you're working on your lungs right so imagine that you became aware of those things while you're just doing your simple exercise routine that you love doing anyways i don't care whether you do pilates or you row a boat or you i don't know swim whatever but if you become aware of those simple things how much could you change it so that awareness while you're running just you know make a fist and do the same thing would enhance your energies many mm -hmm. uh, times more so that's what i do when i'm doing i'm coaching people my coaching is always connected to some physical movement some breath work some energy work so it's a mm -hmm. holistic approach to coaching. So whether you have an, a relationship issue or you're going through your finances or you have any health issues, or I'm actually right now working on a project which is called Procrastination Burstow. So, really? Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, the thing is that once you connect with your inner being, there's no limit to your creativity. You can and then you choose your channels then you can be a painter or you can be a poet or you can be anything but once you find how you connect with yourself everything is going to lead you there so that's what i use in my work uh -huh. even in my normal yoga sessions i do online yoga classes so if people want to connect with me they can visit my website which is in english and in german it's called www.yoganjuli.com. So it's Y-O-G-A-N-J-U-L-Y. So uh, that's one possibility. I My Facebook and my Instagram have the same name. So if they would search for it or my YouTube channel, there are not yet many uh, videos there. But there I share. I try and keep my videos maximum to 10 minutes so that people have yeah. some bits that they can implement in their life quickly and on the youtube videos i'm not talking so much about exercise but about your thought process and those simple things which make a lot of difference so yeah you That's would find me. like I'm, I'm like i'm gonna totally subscribe to all of your stuff like i you've like you said, it's serendipity that we're talking right now. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I love everything that you've been talking about. And it's funny because I've been playing around with hypnosis. So you brought up hypnosis and I'm, I've yeah. definitely been practicing that. And I'm having yeah. some really interesting things happening. I will be soon doing a program on that also. And I there is a process in uh, yoga, which is called Yoga Nidra. This is usually, you know, the relaxations that happen right after the yoga class, at the end of the yoga class. And that's also an, an interesting thing because a lot of people, they walk out of the class the moment you want to start your relaxation because they think, oh, I've done my exercise, I have to lie down there. But there is a major 
reason behind it. Now imagine that you have really totally activated your energies with all that exercise. Your adrenaline is working. Your endocrine system is giving you all the energy. And then you just leave it there and walk out. But yeah. you lose 10 minutes of relaxation. Most people don't know that your muscles don't build when you're working out. Mm -hmm. When you're relaxing after the workout, that pause is equally important. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens in yoga. So in that yoga nidra, the relaxation part of it is when you use that energy to manifest what you want to manifest in your life. That's yeah. why those 10 minutes of relaxation at the end of every yoga session are so important. So what I am doing sometime in summer this year, I, if you want, you can do the registrations already. It's going to be a yoga nidra and hypnosis training. So it would be an online training where I would take the elements from both of them. So you go a step ahead than simple hypnosis. So you are relaxing your body. You're using your endocrine system to manifest what you want to manifest and at the same time you're working on your old beliefs your patterns and everything that has uh, blocked you until now so you know those uh, moments in your life you, you you have energy you have everything you have the possibilities but somehow you feel something from inside is stopping you from doing something something is blocking you there's an invisible chain in your feet so those things we can really remove very quickly. I sometimes, I recently had one uh, client, she was claustrophobic for 12 years. Oh. And after 30 minutes of uh, a hypnosis session, she didn't have that anymore. And I could instantly test it because I could actually put her in a closed place. And she was like, she was, uh, I actually put her in a hammock, which is like this at the top. And initially, when we were going for that session, she had refused to lie down in there because she was claustrophobic. Mm -hmm. And after the session, I told her, OK, why don't you lie down and let's test it? And then she was not even ready to come out. And when she came out, she looked at that thing and she said, I have to buy this. <laughs> so, you know, that's how quickly it works. When you work on your old patterns or old beliefs, then you have created the ground for your crop to grow. I love um, it. So, uh, that's also one of the online programs that I'm coming up with. I love it. So this has been wonderful, Anjali. Thank you so much. So check out her on her website, yogangeli.com. Um, I'm going to be stalking her all over the place um so join me in checking yeah. her out and getting i'm definitely going to register for your workshop i'm super excited about that thank you so much for time to talk with us today i will have all of your links in the show notes um so you know if you're looking for her you can find her in the show notes and on where to get a hold of her and um this has been just wonderful so thank you let me just add a little thing. So um, I'm a hypnosis uh, coach. I'm a yoga teacher. I am a Reiki master. I have so ma many modalities. And sometimes it's difficult for people to figure out, do they want to go to my Reiki course or do they want to go to my hypnosis and yoga nidra course? So for those people who are confused, there's also a one-year program where they meet me weekly online and we work with all the modalities and I give them all that I have so they can 
have a monthly subscription. So it's a yearly program. They can either pay one payment of for a whole year and get into the program, or they can go uh, like you know monthly price that they pay and they attend the whole year's program. So there you have the Reiki, the yoga, uh, the hypnosis, yoga nidra, tarot reading. All that is part of that. So, oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So you, so people can work with you in a bunch of different ways or all, everything, yeah. everything. Yeah. So that's incredible. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. You, you can book one-on-one -on -one coachings or you can see that, okay, for now I have budget for three months. So you come into a three-month program or you think you have the budget for the whole year. Then you come into the whole year. So it's up to you how you want to place it. Because my purpose is really to change something in the world. I come from a place where I've seen the very bottom. And mm -hmm. I've, I've really, from there, I've dipped there, and from there, I've come back here. So I really want to help as many women as possible out there who want to, you know, stand on their own feet and they want to feel that goddess feeling in them that they, anyways, are. Sometimes yeah. we forget when you know, we are treated badly. But we all have wings, you know, so let's unfold them now. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much. Thank you for inviting me. I'm uh, totally honored and humbled. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure having you today. Thank you. One more thing before you go. As a fitness professional, I have a great love of exercise and a passion that there always be a space for people to get together and enjoy the types of exercise that they love. If you're interested in learning tips and strategies to help you build a fitness community of your own, please join us on Facebook. We have a free group called The Lifted Community where we talk about these ideas. Just search The Lifted Community on Facebook. I'm looking forward to seeing you there.